Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original in the order of release. This is Netflix's 204th film from 2020. It's the Indian Hindi language anthology horror film Ghost Stories directed by Karan Johar, Dibaka Banji, Zoya Akhtar and Anurag Kashyap and an ensemble cast across four short films. I'm Jesse. I'm with MJ. And this is our first 2020 film. <laughs> we finally made it. The 2020. The thing is, the most daunting thing is, obviously, we are recording this in the middle of 2022. We know what happens in 2020. 2020 is a bizarre year for film and everything seems to get released on Netflix. So we're going to have a long time before we start talking about our first 2021 film. Well, it took 17 months to get through 2019, if that gives us any indication. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking at at least two years <laughs> get through oh, 2020. That is, that is such a funny feeling when you look at it like that. Oh, God. Well, uh, we do start off with the fast weeks. Um, what's your, your quick summary of this one? I mean, what can you say other than uh, this is a horror anthology with, with- Four short stories brought to us by the same four directors behind Bombay Talkies and Lost Stories. Yeah, good. I've just said four short horror films. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there, there's, there's nothing else you can say. Yeah, you can't go into any more detail than that. If you're telling someone to watch it, that's what you've got to tell them. Um, but I do, I love this idea that they, mm. you know, getting these four directors back together and picking a different sort of genre. I mean, in this case, it's clean genre, but, you know, other, other films, it's more sort of themes. Um, I'd love it if they just kept kept going with this. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll probably talk a bit, a bit more about it, but yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a, a nice, uh, a nice idea oh, to yeah. to get four directors on board. What what could you find out about this uh, this film? How it arrived on Netflix? Yeah, so look, as we just alluded to, this is the the third time these four directors have got together to um to release these short stories within an anthology film and. Um, it first got announced that it was happening in, in April of 2019. Um, they're all going to be reuniting and, and Netflix, who distributed um, their second film of this anthology set, Lust Stories, um, they were on board again to do this, uh, Ghost Stories. It was August when Zoya Akhtar had began shooting her segment. In September it was when Anurag Kashyap began for his segment. I find this really interesting that there seems to be the order that they started shooting was the order that it ended up in the anthology. Now, I don't know if that's just like, oh, yeah, we'll just whack it on at the end if you, whenever you're ready. Because I do think when you do make an anthology film, there does have to be some sort of flow and some sort of feel to the, the structure of the stories. What I did like that I found interesting was, was Karen Johar admitted very early on that this was going to be a real challenge for him because he just flat out doesn't watch horror films. Because he finds them too scary. Even if there's something scary on TV, he can't watch it. So he went down this route of making a ghost story as as per the title of the film, but prefaced it from the beginning by saying it's not gonna be scary. So he kind of he kind of mentioned that this whole process was an ordeal for him to find a story. And and he ended up finding a short story that was written through an agency by a writer uh, who he'd never actually met. Um, but he had to read about 50 different ghost stories just to find the one that he wanted to make. And at one point he was saying that he couldn't even sleep in his own bedroom because he was so frightened. <laughs> so I love the commitment that they got. Like the four of them are like, Hey, we're going to do this. He's like, do we have to do ghost stories? So 
Um, so he finally got one on board. I think he he said he was going to contact the writer at some point before he started shooting it, which was October 2019. Um, he filmed that in Goa. I couldn't actually find out when um, Dibakar Banerjee uh, filmed his, but I have to assume that maybe it was in between the other two because his was the third movie. <laughs> thing, <laughs> That's so. a good assumption. <laughs> um, and then the film released uh, first of the first, uh, so New Year's Day 2020, and uh, and then that's it. Yeah, this uh, was nominated for nine awards altogether across the award ceremony. So it won two for best sound recording and foley artist for short films at the Indian Recording Arts Awards. It's also nominated for a bunch of other awards um, for supporting actresses throughout as well. So um, yeah, mainly Indian. Um, festivals but that's that's all good the the idea i guess we'll say it now we're going to spoil these four short stories as we go so if you're interested in checking them out then uh give us come back a little bit later on the as you mentioned with the previous two films they were they're very more thematic rather than just the idea of a horror sort of genre style um so each each story in these short films does have a one running thing through which is a crow there's a crow in all four of these um short stories so First one, there's a there's a dead crow on the ground at the start. In the second one, um, the crow and the egg is, is massive in the plot, quite obviously. A, um, yeah, quite a big part of it. In the third one, there is um, a crow eating the flesh of one of the the zombie sort oh, of people, yeah. and then and then the last one, uh, which is the grandma ghost story, the the walking stick that plays a part. The head of the walking stick is the the head of the shape of a crow as well. So. Um, I didn't pick nice, that up. I'll be honest, Jesse. So it's nice that they uh, had one running like- thing throughout all of them. It's like Tropfest, where you have to make a film with a certain oh, thing in it every single year. <laughs> Very true. Translations around the world. So in Brazil, this was just called Four Ghost Stories. So I'm very telling you exactly what it is. <laughs> in, in, uh, <laughs> That's your fast flicks. <laughs> <laughs> it is. In uh, Greece, it was Horror Stories. Um, Romania, it was the Anthology of Ghosts. <laughs> and in Vietnam, it was just Haunted Stories. So a little bit of a spin on each of those there. Tagline. Did you say the tagline for this one? No, I didn't. Oh, good. So the tagline was, your fears will find you. Ooh. Generic. I guess you've got to be generic, right? Like it's four different Four four different movies. So true. Uh, What were the critics and audiences saying about this one? So I jumped on IMDb firstly to get a get a sense of the uh the temperature of the room for this movie and it's terrible. It's it's 4.4 out of 10, which is like as low as we've seen on IMDb, IMDb is generally, you know, they're pretty happy to give it at least a five out of 10. 4.4 out of 10 off 5,300 ratings is is terrible. I was so surprised to see that score. Letterbox is actually a little bit higher, albeit not amazing, but it's, it's a two and a half out of five with nearly two and a half thousand ratings. Um, not overly popular. No, I, from what I can gather, a lot of the criticism was um, around the fact that it wasn't that scary, that, you know, basically three of the four movies weren't that good. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was pretty it's pretty scathing. I was surprised. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes is even worse than all that. We've got, what have we got? The critics, 33% on nine reviews, so that's rotten. But the audience, this is this is bad, 16% on what? More, than, more than 50 ratings. 16%, that is so low. Um so yeah, obviously not necessarily well received, and as you mentioned, I think yeah, obviously if you you market a a film as for scary ghost stories, you do want to have some sort of scares in there, and 
personally, I don't think there was one moment that really scared me. Yeah, it was more of a mood, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, than actual scare, but we'll get into that, won't we? Yeah, well, what are your, your early thoughts for this one? Well, this is why I was so surprised with the ratings, um, because I enjoyed it. I, I I do agree, as we just sort of spoke about, it wasn't overly scary, but um, but it was a fun watch. So I, I think in a horror anthology is up my alley, uh, and being able to consume four very different stories, all based around the idea of being scary or ghosts or whatever it is, um, comes out really nicely in four different tales, and I think it's got such difference in each story you've got this conventional haunting horror you've got this really abstract body horror story you've got a zombie apocalypse kind of story and and more of this real kitty ghost story and it wasn't perfect but i i kind of just find myself enjoying watching this on what was a dark rainy night and had a warm cup of tea and the lights are off and it was fun good yeah it was solid like i enjoyed it as well i think it was hard for me not to compare it to the two previous anthologies from the other two directors. Cause I had fond memories of both of those. Sure. Um, and this one probably didn't stand up as much because I you know I really like that idea. Of, and I mentioned it before that continuing theme throughout or, or that's something that's connecting all the stories together. So um, yeah, I wasn't scared in any of them, but there was definitely tension at moments. Um, sure. There were laugh out loud moments at times, which I don't necessarily think were probably meant to be funny, but I still enjoyed um, enjoyed the, the four films together. So I think we're going to do this a little bit differently, but we're going to sort of attack each one separately. Um, before we start, I'm just going to say, I think the opening credits, um, yes. the animation were sick. That was so cool. So cool. So <laughs> good. Yeah, it, was, it really like took me back to like, um, like being like a kid and watching um like a, a cartoon that's kind of supposed to be scary, but like isn't that scary? But it, it's 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 being like kids scary is is cheapy, yeah, creepy. It was charming. It was it was a bit exciting. It was such a great launch pad into the into the movie. It was. And I meant to go back and watch it again because I'm pretty sure that like it was very close to what the four films were all about from memory too. Oh, um, would have the walking right, yeah. and yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, oh, all right, so start off with the first one. So Zoya actors one, fifteen writing credits, ten directing credits. I guess talk about some characters to start off with with this one. What are you, what are you thinking? It is a bit of a shame they don't name the stories. Yeah. They, they just call it like a Zoya actors segment. Mm. <laughs> um, characters. So we've got two characters. I'm going to start with Samira. I guess you could argue she's basically in every single shot of this. Um, I think I was much less interested in her story or her backstory and her relationships and kind of her subpar nursing or caring skills <laughs> as I was actually going going into with this house and everything that was going on in the house, it kind of felt like her story was like this filler fodder just to keep us warm for some of the scares that the story was going to give us, um, which means it could have tightened up a bit, but it, I still really actually enjoyed this story. Cool. Yeah. The, I guess the idea of, of that nurse that it sort of gives you a little bit of that. She's stepping in for someone else um, and she's doing the same in this affair that she's having with this man she's stepping in for some some needs that he wants as well and and she's constantly let down um by this guy which which is a little bit sad when you think about the situation that she's actually in um i felt really bad for it to be honest the way that, that she was being treated we didn't even like you know it's like a 30 minute short little film and it was just uh i just felt bad for her but yeah i agree mrs malik um they're suffering from dementia had a stroke you know misses her son relies on him it's interesting intriguing but it's hard with these because there's not a lot of depth in the characters. So, scenes. Have you got any scenes that you wanted to talk about? Uh, they look, 
scenes slash things that I liked. I think in general, the old lady. I can't remember her name now. Um, Mrs. Mrs. Malik somewhere. Mrs. Malik. Mrs. Malik. Thought she was really creepy. Like very well cast. Makeup was great. Trying to make her look bloody scary, and she did. She looked really scary. So the first good scare I got was when she woke up in the middle of the night and she was just sitting up. I know it's such an obvious thing to do, but it still worked. Mm-hmm. And and almost my favorite scene of the entire um, entire film was the reveal at the ending. And I, I got I got literal chills on the back of my neck. Um, that lingering shot of Samira just staring into the I think it was a cupboard or like a walk-in cupboard or butler's pantry whatever it is and that bait and switch that they talked about her son the whole time the whole time you're expecting her son to be there somewhere or son, you know, she's going to find her son and then the reveal of it being her and then that, that noise of the the ghost for lack of a better word sliding across the floor as i said the hair honestly was standing up on the back of my neck watching that i thought it was great yeah i, I um I liked the idea, like looking on reflection back too, I liked the idea of Samira like walking around with those musk stick things to make the house smell nice because obviously there's a dead body in the house. Like it was just, <laughs> there's just lots in it that like when you think back, it's like, oh yeah, it makes, it makes a lot of sense as to what was actually happening. And I think um, there was that line, it was like, uh, you're alive and can breathe. That's more life than me, which also makes such more sense. They're just these cool little lines that, that they had in in there that yeah that makes such more sense and um yeah I, I really like that point of view of the camera sort of like tracking into that pantry and then back out with the body it was um yeah it was there was some cool little shots in there um anything you didn't like I look more so just the backstory stuff I feel like they could yeah. have strengthened this whole story if we cared more about it but as I said it was almost like her story and the relationship she was having with this guy was all just kind of filler to make sure we got these scares and this final reveal. Yeah, well, did I have? I, I didn't have anything. So for me, just the ideas in this one, I guess, was like, um, like men are pretty gross, <laughs> especially that you know you just wanted the booty calls and photos, let her down a fair bit. Um, so that that sort of side of things through that backstory, I guess, I took. But I think that maybe this is more of a question. But that brooch that Samira was wearing that she sort of stole, I guess, like is the idea that you know maybe she was a thief. So did that ghost and spirit? take her over at the end because you had that shot of her eyes right at the end that it looked like she was oh, a little bit possessed. That's not a bad, because the, bad the take. Because the focus was, the focus was, was on that spooked, brooch. Yeah. 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 I, anyway, look, I don't mind that take. Yeah. Any any ideas from you for this one? Look, I think there's a bit of a story about taking a little bit more pride in your work um, and, and that kind of lays into respecting your elders because Ooh, she's pretty bad at what she did. And, and she just didn't take the effort or the care. She was obviously too consumed in her own affairs. And, um, you know, it makes you wonder if she wasn't so consumed and if she was there being diligent, ready to the job, that she wouldn't have been haunted by this ghost in the first place, um, so to speak. I like that. I do like that. All right. Well, I think we move on to the second one then. The second one uh, is by Anurag Kashyap. It's got 65 producing credits, 59 writing credits, 30 directing credits. Pretty uh, well known in the industry. This is obviously um, about a crow, really, but give us some characters that you want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, man, I can't wait to ask, chat to you about this one. Um, <laughs> well, let's start with ne- Neha, who's the uh, the main female in the in the story. She seems very fragile, but very very loving and very nurturing. Um, and it also seems like she doesn't have too much control or conviction over her life with her husband. And she has that this sense of deliriousness that's 
kind of always present, but forces itself through more and more as the film goes on to a level that we see in, in the final shot. Um, you get the feeling that she's suffering from a, a type of PTSD from the death of her sister, her twin sister, maybe as what I'm trying to all piece together. And it's really starting to manifest itself now that she's pregnant. My assumption is that her, she has a twin sister who died whilst giving birth. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking now that she's pregnant, those feelings are sort of coming back and manifesting in, in a whole heap of crazy different ways. Is that how, what's your read on her? Yeah. I, I think that was possibly part of the idea. Like, as you mentioned, very nurturing and, and a really good aunt to to that nephew. Um, obviously, takes him to school, looks after him while his dad's off at work, and obviously highlights the idea of that distant father or her distant partner as well. He was only sort of there sitting on the couch at times, or it was very, yeah. um, you know, didn't seem like there was a lot going on. But then at the same time, I was like, maybe those rooms with those dolls and things like that is that has she had a lot of miscarriages herself before, and that's why there's mm-hmm. that that emphasis on. Um, on this pregnancy and and that yeah. obviously lost lost a sister too so a lot of um a lot of stresses in her life which possibly leads to a bit of this uh mental instability and and the portrayal of this transmorphia i guess that we see yeah good good shout um the the, the kid i did want to talk about i think they did mention oh, in, the, yeah. in the credits they don't name him but in the film they do Ench, i think was his name um, oh yeah you're right yeah yeah he like was he possessed a little bit or is he just a kid that's more obsessed with the care and affection that that his auntie provides him i thought that was an interesting little take too like to to give a different side to it i think there's definitely different ways you can look at this one is that so much of this is happening in, in her head but i think there's an almost more obvious take that he kind of is like the spawn of the devil in yeah. some respect. Like he almost, he basically plays voodoo with, with yeah. her life and her unborn child and has this evil desire to remove anyone in her life who might challenge him for her love. Like oh, there's yeah. kind of there. And and I've got another theory on this, which I was going to save to ask you a question later, but it's so relevant now is, is my, my thought is maybe that kid killed his own mother at childbirth thus confirming him as evil. And that's that's my little theory that I'm taking into this story because the kid was evil. <laughs> he Well, yeah, he was in an innocent sort of way, Subtly I guess, because yeah, he, he yeah. Did the questioning in the car, mainly the questions in the car with the dad were sort of what showed us that side of um, and things. And obviously, uh, you know, when he does the drawing, he realises the impact that it has on his aunt. Like he, he prepares so he that glass of water the next time. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> I've got the water for you because I know what, what's going to happen. So, uh yeah, there's definitely something going on with him. <laughs> sure, which is kind of fun to unpack. Yeah. What did uh, any scenes that stood out for you? Before I, I just want to quickly mention her husband because obviously he seems like this really bad husband who plays a big part in the suppression of of Niha's grief and eventual manifestation of what happened when dealing with her miscarriages and stuff. But I've got another theory that maybe he knows his kid's evil too. That's why he's such an asshole when the kids are around. Maybe his kid has done some things to him. He's done because he's competing for Nihar's love there as well. I don't know. He could cut him a little bit of slack too. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Scenes though. um, I have there's nothing that I'm like, I love that scene. Let's the, the final, this big bird transformation scene at the end. I, it probably was a little bit much, 
but my God, does it stay with you? Like it's probably one of the more, more prominent shots of this film and you kind of like can't look away and you're like, what earth is happening? <laughs> so I, whilst I won't say I loved it, I, I have to I have to applaud it. Uh, the, the effort and the, you know, the crazy idea to, to really just stick with it and go with it because it, uh, it was definitely something else. Yeah, I'll put that while you're talking about it. I'm going to say that was the, the one thing from this that wasn't a big fan of. Uh, like i get it i get like you know you you stick with that idea but uh it's probably just like you can do the the idea and the themes and and what that's trying to say without like i think maybe one reveal would have been good because we had the reveal in the hospital bed as well as in the reflection through the mirror i don't know whether you needed that twice like once probably was impactful enough you're like well okay what's actually going on here Mm, i guess it really laid into it because this isn't a horror story at all mm. except for that shot so it's kind of like we are going to go full body horror on you and show you just yeah. this incredible manifestation yeah. of a uh, miscarriage <laughs> yeah um i enjoyed the like that we spoke about it the drawing the kid with the scribbling in the stomach it just led to that intrigue it just kept you engaged they're like okay what's going on here um in, in a, such a short film so yeah all right anything for you for thank, anything you didn't like uh, look, just in general, I didn't really like the color scheme. I thought it was mm. just too much on the very dark, moody side. I, we get what you're trying to do, almost. I just, and I, I wonder if maybe it doesn't work when it's, you know, blanketed in between two other stories. It stands out too much. It kind of just took you off a little bit. Fair, fair. Um, themes, ideas for me, like, this, there's this idea they spoke about. It was like, if an egg cracks, a chick dies. And it, like I could almost see this resembling her mental instability too. Like um, once her mind goes, then she's lost her baby. Like that, it was that that idea of, of um, she was really struggling with with what had gone on in her life. And and the other side of thing is too, if you look at it through the kids' point of view, like kids struggle with change. Kids struggle with um, mm. ad- adapting to new things in life. So this could have been like a bit of a metaphor too, of a bit of jealousy and a bit of concern from the kid that. He's happy where life is at the moment, um, and and that's why he's freaking out about what's going to happen if he's got to share that that affection and love. I uh, mean, I absolutely love that take. I, I think you have <clears throat> clarified that story for me a little bit with that take, and and made more sense of it. This is the story that was raved about when everyone sort of talks in the reviews that I read about why this overall ghost stories didn't work. Everyone was like, "Well, it wasn't because of this story because this story was phenomenal." Um, but I can also under, uh, understand a lot of people watching this film just shaking their head, being like, what the hell did I just watch? watch? Why did I just watch that? Um, but your take there is is, is brilliant. Good. Uh, anything to add? Yeah, not really. I, I like that it yeah. sort of touches on that that mental health yeah. side of things yeah. as it comes with motherhood and, and, and children yeah. and um, and uh, the, you know, being pregnant. Good. All right. Well, we're up to the third. This one, I'm going to put out. This one is my favorite out of all of them. The third one. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed this one. This one's uh, Dib- Dibika Banerjee. He's got 11 directing Banerjee. credits. Banerjee. Um, fill us in on some characters in this. This one's like a zombie one, really, if you think about it. Yeah. Well, I, I can't remember his name because in the credits, it's just Visitor. So I'm going to yep. call him Visitor. The guy played by Sikant Goel. I thought he was great. I feel like he, exa- he in this story, he reacts the exact same way I would in so many of these situations. Initially, you've got this fear of the unknown, so you just kind of do this fight or flight sort of scenario. Then you have this recognition that what is going on is probably pretty stupid and you get in these two kids that are twisting your arm. Then you discover that it's 
sheer terror beyond your wildest dreams. <laughs> so you completely lean on this kid who seems to know what he's going on about. And then you use the fact that you've got adult knowledge and logic to work together to find this way out. But this fear in this story is is wonderful. Yeah, I, the, there's a lot of tension in this 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 short, which I really appreciated. Um, my question about this visitor guy, and this is part to do with the internet. It's really hard to talk about these without like breaking specifically little bits and pieces. But as soon as he gets to that town, he falls down. So, and I don't know whether I'm off track here, but that made me think that that wake up at the end meant that everything was a dream in here anyway. Is that how you interpret yep. it as well? That's what yeah, I okay. took right. too, and I didn't, and I felt that felt like a cop out, but yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, because there were so many times throughout the thing anyway where he, he did the wake from the dream. Um, woke up, yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah, that I thought, obviously, um, yeah, a little bit of a cop out, but still enjoy, still enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The, the kids, there's not much to talk about the kids really, apart from the, the, the girls, you know, lost her dad. He ate the whole town, and the boys, like this fast, agile, quick little thinking dude. And that's about it. Yeah, I think one thing about them, though, it, it, it does, especially the boy, it has to be a little kid, right? There has to be this simple acceptance of what is going on in this town is my reality. Um, but it also allows for the visitor to be largely skeptical because it's coming from kids. If this is an adult who brings them in and says, this is what's happening, it kind of loses the the decision-making that the visitor has to make. So that's why it kind of works. The little boy's like, yeah, this this guy just ate the town. This is what's happening. Like, he's so matter-of-fact about it. <laughs> but then the girl's like, no, nah, but he doesn't always tell the truth. So I was a little bit... You know, a little <laughs> yeah, bit, I know. That was right. interesting too. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what did you like in this one? Um... I love how it opened with this really creepy scarecrow in a really lonely field. I thought that is like, let's just lean in to this ghost story type thing, right? That was really fun. And I think my favorite line in the entire film is when he shines a torch and sees the kid and says, turn off the light if you want to live. When I tell you to run, run. Like right. that, that is how this opens. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, it's good. Um, look, I liked a couple, there's a couple of things in here. Like the, the, the kid, the boy, he was like, you know, impersonates how the girl's dad eats people. And he's just like going full <laughs> on his face, like, going, and I was just like, that was cool. Um, the principal zombie dude, he's having that fit and vomiting and hitting the ground and shaking. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is a cool visual. Uh, and they, they had the camera set up just far enough away. So it wasn't like it, it added to the, the tension of what was going on. Um, the, the scene in the classroom where the, the school sort mm. of thing and, um, you know, the kid pisses his pants and then the girl the Sasquatch type dad comes in. She's like, oh, it's dad. I'll talk, oh, you know, I'll talk him down. Please don't eat her. <laughs> and he just eats her. I was like, geez, this is where this one's going. Um, and then the, I really like the the thought from the boy to be like, cool, I'm going to get the girl's arm, rub it all over myself to pretend I'm a zombie. And just that, that tension, that road scene where there's the zombies all over the road and the two of them slowly walking down just felt so tense. Um, I really like that scene too. I missed the reveal of the Sasquatch thing. I can't remember what happened. I must have like sat on the remote or something and it like skipped forward like 20 uh. seconds. And it was like, this guy was just this like lion Sasquatch thing was just sitting on the thing. And I'm like, oh my God, I missed it. So I had to rewind back. And he's like, that would have been amazing when he just flies into the Crazy. room and lands on the desk. Yeah. And there's like a scene where he's just sitting on the power lines. Like it was just, it was <laughs> such a, a creepy, good, good uh, practical makeup on that, that costume. Yeah, anything you um, didn't like in this one? Well, I've, this was what got a lot of praise online as well. I didn't, 
I didn't know the social commentary side of things. Obviously, there is a level of um, upper class, lower class, upper class, but it feels like it's wildly prominent right now in India. Yep. And that's what the story was really trying to tell. So a lot of people were really grateful for that story being part of it. And, and the other thing that we sort of spoke about, the whole ending of him just sort of waking up in the real world, just, but I guess that ties in really nicely to the social commentary of things. Yeah. Um, so that, that kind of took it away from me for a little bit too. Yeah, because there's like that final sort of shot was that uh, sticker on the car of like the fist that obviously like sort of symbolizes like rebellion and things like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know the the full context of, of exactly what's going on in India, but it, it was quite clear like that big cities killing the little towns, everyone having to move into suburbia because everything's in in the cities and and killing those little rural, rural towns and you know schools and and families and you know tradition that that's often in in country type communities it's literally called big town small town in yep. this. it is couldn't, couldn't be any clearer <laughs> we're up to the fourth the fourth and final this yeah. is karen johar 65 producing credits 12 directing 16 acting this is the worst for me but uh oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay good and I don't, in I, his I defense I, he said yeah, he wasn't gonna write story. a scary yeah. story <laughs> yeah. yeah someone else's story but uh what do you think about the characters in this one all right, we got Ira, who's the uh, the main girl that gets married to Drew. But this segment in general had this real sort of soapy feel to it, and and Ira played into that a little bit. Um, I appreciate that she was grounded in a normal reality, and she recognised what was going on and the ridiculousness of what was going on. But I do wonder if more of a sweeping type analysis would have been the right move. She got a little bit. Uh, Bit, a bit too excited at times about what was going, not excited for the wrong word, but, um, you know, it just got a bit too much for her. And I mean, you've married a guy, so you sort of committed to this guy rather than just like yelling at him from time to time. Let's really get to the bottom of this from his perspective. If you, if you meet someone and they're like full on communicating with the dead, I'm not just going to go, you're an idiot. This is ridiculous. I'm going, hey, what's, what's actually <laughs> happening here? This is, this is a big deal. Let's, let's, let's work our way through it. So she kind of lost me a little bit there. She completely lost me because she was so in love. Like she was hopelessly in love and so quick to marry. But I didn't see any reason why, why she was so interested in him. There was, there was nothing. It wasn't there. important. No, no <laughs> obviously it's not. But, but like to, yeah, anyway, that, that was my concerns with her. And he was just, um, off from the start like yeah well he kind of it kind of softens the blow of this being scary in any way because this story could be a little bit scary no doubt but he softens it because he's too unrealistic and he and he really buys into this crazy idea that he talks to his dead grandma and 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 why would you get so annoyed if someone thinks it's weird like there's got to be a level of you knowing hey I know this isn't normal, but I can communicate with my dead grandma. Like, but he's just like, oh, don't you dare! Why didn't you just say good night? Like, oh, come on, mate! Like, it's just a bit, a bit silly, right? It's a bit silly. I agree. Um, and we're, I'm probably going to repeat a few of the things you've already just touched on in my scenes. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what did you, what did you enjoy the the scenes for this one? Oh, hang on, sorry. Before you do that, I just wanted to touch on Shanty, that creepy housekeeper. Shanty, yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. I, I didn't talk about her, but she was um. She was a piece of work, wasn't she? <laughs> well, she she added again to the creepiness, almost yeah. like the law of this grandma. But she worked as Granny's henchwoman, really. Mm. Yeah, that was but such a late reveal in the story. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, true. Isn't it? Add a, add something else in. Um, all right, scenes. What did you like? 
The only thing I'm going to say I like, and I'm stretching a little bit, I thought the ending was kind of good only because it was the obvious reveal and I kind of felt satisfied that that's where I thought it was leading and it was like, yep, you're dead now. Look at all these other people that haven't believed in me. And you kind of have that like whoa moment and then you're like, ah, oh, this story was pretty crap. But I, I didn't mind that moment. Yeah, I'm uh, exactly the same. <laughs> the only thing I could say is that final scene, more so because I thought it was funny where um, the granny was like, you know, Look me in the effing face. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. <laughs> she quoted her, right? <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, all right, what didn't you like? So the room that that room, the the scene that led to that that quote was when Ira was just like walking around a room just like dropping F bombs and <laughs> just <Yeah>. swearing. <laughs> Obviously that was a catalyst for that, uh, for her basically deciding, oh, we've got to kill this girl. That was pretty ordinary. I think just in general, this this whole thing felt like yeah, those sort of scary stories you would see as a kid when it's like 5.30 on ABC and all the little kids' shows had finished. And there's ones that like, you don't realise that they're scary and then you're halfway through and you're like, I'm a little bit scared watching this. This kind of had that feel to it. Like a Round the Twist episode. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Round the Twist. Um, yeah, there's just little things where like little kids might be like, this is really creepy. Like yeah. that, that's kind of as far as it went. For me, the the opening uh, scene of, of uh, is it Drew? Drew? Drew, name, I think. Drew, yeah. Drew. Um, and he's like, just, they're just walking together, like that soap opera vibe that you spoke about. And uh, he's just talking about how he's went through every single one of our social media accounts. I was like, this guy's a creep. <laughs> and it was cringy. Red flag. <laughs> yeah, massive red flag. Um, and then the only other thing that I really didn't like was that after the wedding, the wedding night, and you know, they're trying to get into it in the bed and he's sort of sliding down the sheets. And this, you mentioned this moment, but you know, having a go at her, <laughs> not saying goodnight to the granny, and then doing that crack it, like, go to sleep move that you see in movies that is so lame. It's like, grab my pillow, turn my head, I'm not talking to you anymore, like a little hissy fit. Oh, God, it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Without explaining the situation, like, you've got to explain that situation. By the way, 8 o'clock every night, my dead granny yeah, my comes sister. in and says goodnight to me. You can see her, like, fluttering the curtains. Just, just be cool. And, like, it's, yeah, it's a bit silly. No, it's way I silly. But it leads into the one sort of idea I sort of tried to take from this was that idea of having faith. If you don't have faith in Granny, you, you, you're gone. So you got to believe. you got to honour the dead. If you don't honour the dead, then unfortunately um, your time's up. Yeah, my idea was around like honour the dead and respecting the elders, but I still feel like she's pretty hard done by to be killed because of it. Like all of her concerns I think are well-founded. So it's uh, I think she's she's been unlucky. Yes, I agree. All right, is there any overall ideas that you could connect throughout this film that you wanted to talk about? Or, um... Well, I think in, in general, it makes me want to seek out more horror anthologies. I think the idea of a short, concise story leads itself really nicely to this genre. I think you can tell really good situational stories nicely in this format. For example, like the first, the first the Zoa Acta story, it's just a little situational story that if you try to make a you know, 90 minute feature length film about it. It's not really going to work, but you can have a lot of fun with, with half an hour and, and get some real good scares. And I think horror in general leads itself well to that. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of it. There's, is it, I think it's called like into the crypt or something. Well, there's like, there is someone from the eighties that, that has like a few good little short horror ones, which I'd recommend. Um, mm. But yeah, I think that's a, that's a good sort of takeaway. I think uh, the, I, I sort of touched on this, sorry. I, I really would have liked more of a connection just than just like a crow. I don't know. I just like mm -hmm. some sort of theme that I don't know. And it's hard with horror because it's such a, a like, and especially if they're just set out to do the genre, but it just would be nice to have some sort of running connection. Um, 
or some sort of idea that they're all in the same world somehow rather than such fantasy like it's more yeah. a fantasy sort of idea world isn't it compared to lust stories and, and bombay talkies yeah 100 percent right yeah yeah uh did you go on imdb to look anyone up no i didn't not for this year no me either have i skipped any have i missed any parts because obviously the structure's a bit off have i missed anything that you wanted to add Nothing more than than a question that I want to ask you, Jesse. Yeah. If you're if you're out potentially doing something for work, and you're you're in an area you're not that familiar with, and you see a kid that says, "Turn off your light if you want to live," and when I tell you to run, run, what do you do? <laughs> it's a very good question. Is it? Does it have to be nighttime or could it be daytime? It's nighttime. It's nighttime. Uh, I probably run the other way. <laughs> <laughs> back where you go I just what a, it's just such a great way to start a story I thought it was so good it was it was very good um, yeah I don't have any any questions from this one so I think we're ready to wrap it all up and, and tie it all up and come up with a final rating so what are your final thoughts on this well I I enjoyed this watch I, I think there were very different takes but they all did their job in one way or another and, and as a horror fan despite not being overly scared, I did finish this feeling pretty satisfied. Um, I'm giving it three and a half stars, and I, I, I've watched all... Um, I did watch Bombay Talkies this week. Oh, I hadn't yeah. actually seen it. Um, so this, that, Lost, Lost Stories, and now this, I, I've, I've really enjoyed them all. And as I said, I want to I see some more. Yeah, good, yeah, good point. Um, I think, yeah, the, they... The first three of these probably stood out compared to the last one, which we've probably touched on. So they all had really enjoyable moments. So the last one just sort of uh, left a bit of a sour taste towards the end. But overall, like if you think about the way that these are made, like they look good, great craft, really. Great use of, of, of camera, uh, your mise-en-scene, your setting, everything like that, really good. Good performances. It's not like there were any performances mm-hmm. in here, apart from the, the last one again, but they're all pretty decent. So, just over the top. Um, yeah. yeah, I think... It just quite didn't land as I would have liked because I had high expectations, I guess. But I'm still giving it a three yeah. out of five. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm so confused about the uh, the negativity around that. If it's just around the scares, and I get it, but like, there's more. You know, you can still enjoy a horror film without being scared for every every ten minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're we're on socials: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Give us a follow. Question for this week is: uh, Do you believe in ghosts? Have you had an encounter with a ghost? You do? Yeah, I do. Definitely yeah. believe in ghosts. Always have. That's why I get scared with ghost stories more than anything else. I 100% wow. believe in them. And I, I, th- I have this memory as a child, Jesse, when I was really young where I think I've seen one. And I remember I spoke to my mum a few years later, no, a few years ago so as an adult. And she said something like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you saw a ghost when you were a kid. And I never brought it up again because it scared the crap out of me. But there's something in my head that, that sticks with me in my bedroom at home. So I've always believed in ghosts. Oh. Yeah, I, I, there was a... My grandparents, when they were alive, my nan, she had this, there was one time where she reckoned she looked out the front window at the park across the road and there was a whole bunch of ghosts um, running around the park, which creeped me out a little bit when I was younger. Wow. Um, we thought maybe it was like a Ku Klux Klan gathering or something. I don't know. It's, it's hard. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I haven't personally had uh, any experience uh, with ghosts. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. So, do you um, believe? No. No. I think I'd be too scared to believe. Like, if, yeah, if I put them behind saying they're not real, then I can't be scared. Yeah. Yep. Well, no, uh, it's a fair call. They don't have to be evil, though. True. They could be nice. Casper. 
What's the thing? Cast the friendly ghost. Case in point. We are back next week. Back together for a thriller film from 2020. I'm very excited for this one. This is called A Fall from Grace. It's directed by Tyler Perry. It stars Crystal Fox, Felicia Rashad, Bresha Webb, Mac Chad Brooks, Cicely Tyson, and Tyler Perry as well. I've been looking forward to this one, so I'm excited. Did you say Matt Chad Brooks? M- Meshad Brooks. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, what sort of a name is that? M E H C A D. Meshad. Sorry. No, that's fine then. Yeah. I'm excited. This, this is good. I like Tyler Perry, so this will be good. I have no idea about it, so uh, I do like thrillers, so let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, as always, it's good. Thanks for having a chat about one of the longer ones. It's a long, it was a long film, this one. Too. Very long. Yeah, very long. Very long. So, uh, yeah, we will be back next week. And as always, thank you. I look forward to it. See you then.